we're starting a new series in the book of Galatians, and, and something I'm really excited about, freedom series. You know, the book of Galatians is all about freedom, so I'd like for you to turn with me to, to Galatians chapter 1. We, we have several study tools that we would like for you to take advantage of, and one of them is, is there's an insert in your bullet this morning, um, tools for studying the Bible. This is something that Kelsey Jerkovich put together for us, and it's just some simple ways of, as you're reading Scripture, how you can uh, read through them and things you can look for as you're reading. Because what we want you to do is, is we want you to, to read slowly. We're going to take 13 weeks in the book of Galatians, and it's only, it only has six uh, chapters in it. And so you'll be reading about 10 to 12 verses each week. But what we want you to do is, is to take time to really look into what those verses are saying. And I believe that this study tool helps us, will help you to, to look at that and, and to be more intentional about how you study. There's also a book that each of our Adult Bible Fellowship leaders have been given by Tim Keller, and just entitled Galatians for You. If you're interested in getting that, they're available on CBD. And actually on, the, on, the, um, on your outline, there are some resources that you can go to uh, on the website as well. And so I want to encourage you to, to, to really pour yourself into this study. The key verse for Galatians is found in Galatians 5.1 and says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And the book of Galatians is all about um, finding your freedom in Christ and not in the law. If you would, turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. We'll be begin. We'll be reading there, we'll be reading the first 10 verses of Galatians chapter 1. In Galatians 1, and Galatians is written by the Apostle Paul, it's one of the many letters that he wrote, and Paul says this, he says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from man nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers with me. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our, of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are, are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from the heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, and now we say again, if anyone preached is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. 
a little bit of background here on this book of Galatians. You know, Galatians has, has often been called by people the, the Christian's declaration of independence or the battle cry of the Reformation. Many people believe that, that it was Martin Luther's um, uh, devotional that he wrote, commentary that he wrote on the book of Galatians that really began the Reformation. This time when the church began to understand the, the, the meaning of grace and faith opposed to works. The message of Galatians is about freedom. It's a message of, of being released from this bondage of freedom, um, from this bondage of legalism that, that the Galatians found themselves in. What the Galatians were saying, what these Judaizers were saying here in the book of Galatians is, it is Christ plus something else that you have to do in order to be saved. And if you would, um, if you remember back in, in Acts chapter 15, we, we studied the book of Acts and, and Keith Byler, our youth pastor, preached a message out of, out of Acts chapter 15. Turn with me there, I want to read a couple of, 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 of texts to you. You see, what was happening here is, is, is the, the Jewish believers felt like that if you wanted to be a Christian, you had to continue to uphold the Old Testament rules, the regulations that, that existed in the Old Testament, and most notably, this thing of circumcision. Is this a part of salvation was the question. Do you need to be circumcised in order to be saved? And so in Acts chapter 15, as, as Gentiles were beginning to come to faith in Christ and, and more and more non-Jewish people were getting saved, this argument arose that, look, if these, if these Gentiles want to be Christian, then they have to be circumcised as a sign that they were now followers of Christ because that was an Old Testament uh, rule that existed. So in Acts chapter 1, actually, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 15 verse 1, it says that some men came down from Judea and Antioch and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. So this was the argument, in in, also in Galatians, that that's being addressed here in, in Acts chapter 15. These Judaizers were teaching that you need to be circumcised according to the customs that, that Moses taught, in order that we would be saved. But some of the other believers said, no, this is contaminating the grace of the gospel. You don't have to be circumcised in order to be saved. So, so they gathered together in this thing called the Jerusalem Council. And in, in Acts chapter 15, verse 8 Peter's response to all of this, this debate goes something like this. He says, the God who, who knows the heart showed that he accepted them by giving the Holy Spirit to them, speaking of Gentiles, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God, by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear, speaking of the law. 
No, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved just as they are. So Peter was saying, look, it's not circumcision that saves you. It's this grace that has been extended by our Lord Jesus. And so what the leaders here in Acts chapter 15 decided was, no, grace, it is it's the only way that we are saved. It's not by something we do like circumcision. It's by believing. And so for the Gentile believers, this was a huge relief that, that they didn't have to go ahead and be circumcised because they were believers. Could have been sort of a painful thing in that time. And so they're like, no, you don't have to be circumcised. So here in Galatians, this is what they're struggling with. Should you be circumcised or shouldn't you be circumcised? Should you follow the law or shouldn't you follow the law? So Paul here in Galatians chapter 1 is addressing the false teachers that were in the church making these claims. These Judaizers, were, they were legalists. And as I was preparing for this, for this series, you know, I began to realize how many of us struggle with these same things of, of, of legalism. I believe this teaching is alive and well today in our community. And I believe especially for me personally, growing up in a, in a conservative Mennonite home where, where my parents had grown up Amish. And so, so um, faith by works or legalism was a very prevalent teaching in our homes. And I would suspect in many of your homes that you were brought up in a works-based salvation environment. Where it was by what you did, by the rules that you followed that determined whether you could be saved or not. And that is what Paul is addressing here in Galatians. They were trying to take the gospel plus something else for salvation. Now, I remember as a, as a, as a young boy going to, to my grandmother's funeral. Um, I was a young man, actually, by that point. And I remember something that the preacher said that, that made me cringe, that, that really speaks to this whole thing of, 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 of the way that, that many of us grew up. And he said at her funeral, and my grandma was a believer. She, she had accepted Christ, lived life a, a, as a follower of Christ. And, and he said, we hope that grandma was lucky enough to hit it good and make it to heaven. Isn't that really sad? That, that we hope that this, this woman, this, this godly woman who, who, who accepted Christ as her Savior, we hope that she did enough good things, just enough good things that, that she would be lucky enough to get into heaven. How sad. Because luck has nothing to do with getting into heaven. 
doing works, doing things, obeying rules has nothing to do with us getting into heaven. And I believe once that teaching has been ingrained in you, then we will continually, and I bet I would resonate with many of you, that there are times when you, when you read your Bible, or you pray, or you do things in order to gain God's favor, so that you would be acceptable or accepted by him, that we try to please him. We try to earn our way into relationship with him. That's legalism. You see, the reason we pray, the reason we read God's word is so that we can know him better, so that we can be in relationship with him, so that we can experience his love that he showers down on us. It's about being in relationship, but it never has anything to do about pleasing him and earning his favor. That's legalism. And I bet we struggle with that. And even if you overcome it, I find myself at times drifting back into this, this thought of, of trying to please God. You see, that's what was happening here in Galatians. That's what happens to us is, is legalism is about pleasing God. Legalism is, is working on our own power. And that's what was being taught here in this book of Galatians. They said, we believe in Christ and then we obey these rules and regulations to please God. You see, when we get caught up in legalism like they did here in Galatians, then it's what we bring to the table that determines whether we are followers of Christ. And we trust God and then we do these things. That's what Paul is addressing here. And remember, Paul, Paul planted this church. Paul loves these people. He's invested in them. And as he sees them being caught up in this, in, in this heresy, in this wrong teaching, he can't stand by and watch this anymore. He has to address it. And so when Paul here in, in Galatians chapter 1, before he addresses this issue, he has to first of all um, help them to understand his authority. So Paul has to, to set them straight on his authority. He says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. See, Paul was making sure that they understood that he was sent with divine authority. Paul was an apostle, a capital A apostle, a man that had, had seen the resurrected Christ. One of the criteria of, of an apostle, and there were only 12 of them, was they had to have met the risen Christ. And remember, in our, in our Acts study, in Acts chapter 9, we see the apostle Paul um, encountering the resurrected Christ on the road to Damascus. So Paul says, I have the authority as an apostle. An apostle simply means one sent with a commission. 
I, the Apostle Paul, I am sent with a commission to preach the good news. He says that he did not receive this apostolic commissioning through any man, through people. No, his apostolic commission was directly from the risen Christ. And he was sent also, verses 8 and 9, he was sent with a particular divine message for the people. And in verse 9 it says, If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. You see, Paul had the authority as one speaking for Christ to discern what was truth and what wasn't truth. And here he's saying, Galatians, Judaizers, what you're teaching is, is not truth. But Paul felt this need here at the beginning of Galatians to establish himself and his authority to be able to speak to the, the, the thing that was going on here in Galatia. And then he moves on to his message. And he says in verse 3, he says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. So Paul begins immediately by clearly, clearly stating the message of the gospel that God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, to rescue us. He begins with a gospel centered around Jesus Christ. And gospel simply is good news. So he shares the good news of the resurrected Christ. He feels it is important for them to understand that, that it was Jesus Christ who died for their sins. So that they could be rescued. He wanted them to understand it was because Jesus Christ died for them, died for their sins, that they have eternal life. That it was his sacrifice that delivered them and delivers us from our bondage. It's not by things we do or rules that we follow, but it's because of what Jesus did. And this word rescue here where, where he says that he has rescued us from this present evil age. This, you know, as believers, we are rescued out of this present age of evil. This rescued gives the idea of rescuing from danger. You see, all of us, ones who lived in sin, were rescued or pulled out of Danger, that's what that word rescue means. It's pulling out of danger. So at one point, all of us who are, who are Christ followers, who are Christians, had to be pulled out of this danger of eternal hell. And Paul says that Jesus is the one that rescued us, that pulled us out of this dangerous situation that we found ourselves in. So he rescued us. And it says we are rescued out of this present evil age. You know, although we are, we will continue to live in the world, we will not be of the world, Paul says. We've been rescued from that. 1 John 5, verse 5, verse, verse 5 
verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. He says, Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Christ died to set us free. So we have to understand. That's what we have to get. Jesus died to set us free. And the Judaizers wanted to lead people out of that freedom back into this bondage of the law of following rules and regulations and doing certain things so that we can earn God's favor. And Paul knew that that this bondage was not a part of the message of the gospel because the gospel was and is about freedom. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, not from yourselves, It is a gift from God. And I want us to understand that. I have to continually remind myself that it is by grace that I have been saved. Grace means unmerited faith, undeserved favor. Actually, the the Holman Dictionary says, Grace is undeserved acceptance and love received from another, namely God himself. So, so I have this undeserved acceptance from a holy God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for me. That's, that's good news. See, it's by grace through faith that we have been set free. It's not by rules that we follow or rituals that we, that we partake in. It's not about coming here on Sunday mornings even. Coming here every Sunday morning for 50 years will not save you. It is by grace. And grace alone. In verse 9 in, Acts, or in, in Ephesians 2 it says, not by works, so that no man can boast. You see, it's not, we didn't rescue ourselves. We were not able to rescue ourselves. It took, it took Jesus dying on the cross to pull us out of that. That's grace. For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith, through believing what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. That's freeing, that's freedom, that's understanding that it's not what I did, but it's what Jesus did for me. And Paul is making sure that that the Galatians understand this thing, that they understand that, that look, it's not what you do, but it's what Jesus has already done. It's about this thing called grace that saves us. So don't go back to this thing of of, of trying to, to earn God's favor. Are you trying to earn God's favor? Are you doing things to try to please God? To be good enough? Because if you are, you don't quite understand this thing of grace yet. And you can see Paul's anxiety here. Actually, you can see that Paul is, is, is in, a, in a very righteous way a little bit ticked off. He says, 
I'm astonished in verse 6 that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, Paul was upset. And God had called them, these Galatians, by his grace and saved them from their sin. He gave his son for them. And yet the Galatians were moving back from grace into the law. And are, are, are you tempted to move back into the law? Are you tempted to move back into to, to observing rules and regulations? About doing things? Because don't go back there. Receive the free gift that, that comes through knowing Christ. Don't do like the Galatians did and abandon your freedom for legalism. You know, these people in Galatia allowed, allowed men to come in and, and, and were, became infatuated with, with their teaching and began to follow them in spite of the truth. And, and these people, it wasn't just like they were changing churches. They were, they were abandoning the grace of God. And, and Paul's like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? I'm astonished that you would even think about it. That you would even think about believing a different gospel, which, which is no gospel at all. You see, they really, they were abandoning Christ. They were abandoning Christ. They were, they, they were cheapening the cross. See, when we put our, our, our efforts into, in, in our trust in, into, our, into our human efforts, we cheapen the cross. You see, you don't become a believer by submitting to a set of doctrine. You become a follower of Christ by submitting and trusting to in Jesus Christ as our, as our Lord and Savior. And when we make it grace plus other things, when we try to do this on our own, Basically, what we're saying is Jesus dying on the cross really wasn't enough. That, you know, he really wasn't able to completely pay for my sins. Because I have to do something in order to, to, make, to earn God's favor. But it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's us believing. It's us believing what Jesus did on the cross.
But these Galatians were moving from grace back into the law. In Romans, it says, Then if by grace, our salvation, then if by grace, Romans 11, 6 says, says, Then it is no longer by works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. You see, if we begin to work, you can't mix grace and works together. The two don't, don't work together. It has to be all about grace. God's favor on us. Accepting us. Salvation is a gift of God. Our salvation was purchased on the cross for us. He went there on our behalf so we wouldn't have to do the works. And never let anybody tell you any different. Never let anyone tell you that a, that a set of rules and regulations and rituals will possibly make you lucky enough to one day make it to heaven. Because that is no gospel at all. And my heart grieves for those that try really, really hard to be saved. And Paul gives some, some really hard words to those that try to teach this. In verse 8 there in chapter 1. First, in verse 7, he says, Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. You see, that's what legalism is. It's perverting the gospel. He says, but even if we, speaking of himself, or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. Now, he doesn't stop there. And he says, now, look, if you didn't hear that, as we have already said, and so now we say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. I mean, Paul is serious here. He, he, he repeats himself. And, you know, as a little child, I remember if my mom repeated herself a couple times, she'd say, Dwayne, and she would say something, and she'd say, okay, Dwayne, I want you to hear this. I knew that I needed to perk up and listen. That's what Paul is doing here. Look, if you're teaching something other than the gospel, he said, you'll be eternally condemned. And then he says, if you didn't get that, let me repeat that one more time. Paul reminds us of God's unconditional love. And I want to remind you this morning of, of his unconditional love that, that there's nothing you can do to earn salvation, to earn God's favor. God loved us enough. He loved us so much that he gave his son on the cross for our sins, knowing that we could never earn 
our salvation. And we are free from this bondage of legalism because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I pray that 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 my worship, that our worship, that our work and serving would come out of our love and appreciation for what Christ did for us. What can wash away my sins? What can make me white as snow? Not my works, not my deeds, nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's the only thing that will take your sins away. It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. We want you to memorize one verse through this series, and it's Galatians 5.1. We're going to, every week, we're going to recite Galatians 5.1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand with me. Father, we thank you for this incredible gift of salvation. We thank you for the free gift for, for your grace that you have showered down upon us. Lord, we are, um, I am humbled by your love for us this morning. I pray, Father, for, for, for all of us, for everybody sitting here this morning, Lord, that, that we would not, we would not be tempted to go back to trying to earn anything. Lord, that we would focus on just your love for us and your acceptance of us. And Lord, out of that, Lord, would come our work and our worship. And Lord, that our lives as followers of Christ, as men and women who have received this free gift of salvation, would, that our lives would honor and glorify And you would be lifted up. Lord, may we never be bound by, by works. May we be encouraged, inspired, and live as free men and women who love and follow Jesus Christ. And it's in the precious name of our risen Lord that we pray this morning. Amen.